Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 78 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. How about that? 78 was a good year. I little before my time. Oh, sorry. I'm old. Ah. Welcome to uh, episode 78 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Uh, I am Sean Hannon, joined as uh, always by Mr. Ben Hughesong. Mr. Good to be Hughesong, here. Thank you for joining us. My uh, pleasure. Again, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Uh, enjoyed a little housework on Saturday. I built two different blanket forts with my children over the weekend. When you say built, can you uh, be elaborate the uh, engineering of built? So it was a combination of stacked pillow cushion, or, uh, couch cushions on top of the couch with some of the tall chairs from the kitchen brought in. Roughly, I'm going to guess about 12 blankets were involved. It was pretty good size. I mean, it was. It had little rooms in it. Like we we got caught up in it. We we had some fun. So, is this? <laughs> Were you inspired by The Bachelorette? <laughs> no, I was inspired by my eight-year-old son who came up to me out of nowhere and goes, Hey, Dad, could you help me build a big fort with blankets? And I went, yep. And there we went. So I got to do that all weekend and hang out and build forts. And then my wife had to work at the ice cream shop because it was our last weekend opened mm. uh, for the year. So she was stuck working while I got to build pillow forts. I only ask because... Uh did that happen? Uh, so this is going to out me as w- having way too much information about the Bachelor and Bachelorette series. But so the Bachelorette, one of the contestants, one yep. of the male contestants on the Bachelorette. See, the Bachelorette is the girl single. Sure. The Bachelor is the sure, male sure. single. Gotcha. Just to fill in a little bit for people who you, literally have no idea what I'm talking about. You and your genderism. I understand. My so God. the contestant who's no longer on the Bachelorette is now the current Bachelor, but in the version or the episode of the bachelorette he built a fort with a bunch of kids so one of them uh, one of them a rose did you get a rose no did your kid watch the bachelor he did not. i was just wondering <laughs> how much bachelor have you been watching too much apparently <laughs> like i'm That's concerned terrible. about That's you. terrible um no it was great and then uh the, you know coincidental inconvenience of timing of closing down charlie's ice cream this weekend of all weekends uh when next week we would have been Subject to all of these ridiculous We'll get into that. I know. But for it wasn't planned. It was just we planned on closing this weekend anyway, and then, you know. Well, fortune. Um, All right. How about you? How was your weekend? Did you build any forts? uh, No. Hosted a bunch of maskless parties. It would have been super weird if you had spent your weekend building forts with the age of your son. You know how big they would have to be? So. For those uh, of you that don't know, Sean's son is about six foot eight. Yeah. Yeah, big so, old fort. Giant. Um, so, yeah, my weekend was working, but uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I it's, a, it's a work, but it's also a observational experiment at the same time sure. as I'm watching people and behavior and stuff. And obviously we'll get into this uh, later, but the announcement of the mask mandate had happened prior to any of our events last week so i was interested to see how even though it wasn't going to be implemented because of the right right emergency status of the pandemic that we're in they were going to let the weekend unfold sure. how it may before they implement any life-saving strategies so um during this weird time 
uh, in between the announcement of the upcoming mandate and the mandate, I was interested to see how this was going to happen. So I don't know. I, that, I got to watch that. We'll get into that maybe at the end of the show when we uh, when it's more pertinent here. But I'm going to find out today because right after this, I'm getting my kids and my wife, and we're going to go ring bells for the Salvation Army. Huh. Uh, and I guess we're we're going to find out how serious they are about these mask rules. Interesting. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, I know our weekends were similar in a way. Um, very, very differently in a lot of ways for our NFL uh, week. Uh, both of our teams lost. And now I say they're that's why they're the same, but they're different because I forgot the Steelers played on Thursday, didn't even know they played, and then knew they lost when I watched in the morning. Thankfully, I was eliminated from my fantasy football playoffs because I also had Delvin Cook on my bench and, and Madison in my starting lineup from the week prior. Luckily, I didn't have a game because I, I realized this all Friday morning because I had an event Thursday sure. and then I just lost track of all that not stuff. good so, not great but anyway so both of our teams lost yeah your loss much more important uh it was a great game. i actually watched the end of that game it was a great game yeah uh, so it was a shame the bills forgot how to play football for the entire first half <laughs> that would have that would have certainly helped them and i'm never I, I was actually genuinely upset about the officiating at the end of the game of the the no call pass interference on Diggs in the end zone and then to turn around and give Mike Evans a pass interference call when Brady underthrows him by four yards and Evan tackles the cornerback. And they're like, well, that's pass interference. Like, look, I know it's not really the official's fault, but that was a tough pill to swallow, especially as a Bills fan who you, you do start to internalize this when you play against Tom Brady all, over all these years. And it was just, it was look, if you want to call it rough, call it rough. If you want to call it light, call it light. But if that's not pass interference when you tackle one of the best wide receivers in the league in the end zone on third and goal, then it's not pass interference when it's third and ten and you underthrow another one of the greatest wide receivers ever by five yards. Like, you got to go both ways with it. So that was heartbreaking. I'm actually somewhat, I'm more optimistic about the Bills today than I was at this time last week for the sole reason of they finally made an adjustment that was not just Josh will bail us out. Josh will have to run all over the place and throw the ball 30 yards. My criticism of the Bills. I mean, he rushed for 100 yards. I'm aware. A lot of that. He had 90 in the first half. I mean, my God. Um, and no designed runs to a running back in the entire first half. But this is what I mean why I'm more optimistic. In the second half, I don't know if Sean McDermott went and punched Brian Dabble in the face or what caused this, but they actually ran the ball a handful of times. And more importantly to me, they actually ran a slant. They actually ran six-yard patterns in the second half, and a weird thing happened. They scored 21 points in the second half because not every single play was a 15- to 23-yard pattern while the offensive line is a turnstile letting people come in, and every play takes four seconds to develop because we just don't believe in throwing the ball under 10 yards. So I'm just... I'm somewhat optimistic that they actually made an adjustment. It's the first time all year they've done it. Every other every other game, it literally has been, no, 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 don't worry. Eventually it'll work. Just keep throwing a ball 20 yards downfield and sorry about getting killed on every other play. And so as as it stands right now, the Bills would be the last team in, right, in the playoffs, this, I feel this like. This not going anywhere. They'll probably make the playoffs. Still, they're not good enough to win the Super Bowl. But, I mean, listen, we, you know, and I would tell you, and I'm sure we've talked about the Buccaneers enough, that I mean, they're clearly one of the best teams in the league, right? For so sure. I mean, you were right there, and you know, I I saw that I I 
I feel like they probably should have called the pass interference on on Diggs. I saw that play, and I, oh, you mean you can't hold the receiver's arms down and then tackle him while the ball's like in I the said, air? I mean, it so was weird. Uh, it was. I was it just was, a tough one where you're going. It was there enough. Come yeah. on. So I like. I don't. I didn't see the other. Him. I didn't see the the pass interference on Evan, so I don't really know. But that that play I did see, and I was like, okay. It's know. one of the ones that they they tend to call, but they never ever should because the ball he was running basically a fly pattern and then like almost a skinny post. And Brady threw the ball five yards behind him, so he tries to turn around to come back. Yeah, that's there's nothing I mean, the cornerback can do. Like that's it was, basically a on purpose play. They do right. that. I mean, you're they do just that on going purpose. for the pass interference yeah. call, and it's like don't reward that. Like if you're especially not after you just let one slide where it was as far away as you and I are from each other right now. The ref was standing on the goal line watching Stephon Diggs get tackled, and you're going, "All right, <laughs> come on, like <laughs> nothing, nothing." All right, fair enough. What are you gonna do? Yeah, so that was a good game. Yeah, but it was entertaining. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't text Jared after or anything. That's okay. I'm not that I had anything to say. I was just get over Bill's losses at this point. Like, I used to care so much more about the NFL than I do now. Like, now I'm into it during the game, and I was over at a friend's house watching the game. And by the time I got, like, the game ended, we're like, all right, better get the kids home. I was over by the time I got to the truck. Like, I was, I was, I was already over the game. It was like, ah, that was disappointing. But life goes on. It has no impact yeah. on my life. Yeah. I want them to win. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's entertainment. I don't care. Yeah, it's entertainment. So, um, I don't know. I don't really have the, you know, I feel like it's still the NFC has got the, the, the cream of the top, the, especially the top three teams, the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Buccaneers. I mean, yep. you could probably make an argument for any of those teams. I would rank them Packers, think Buccaneers, Cardinals wow. at this point. So. I don't know. Buccaneers. Interesting. Like I said, I I think the Bills are a good team. Like I think they have a good balance offense defense. So anytime they lose, I you know, other than the Steelers, which I just don't figure it out. But the Or the Jaguars. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the um Or getting run by the Colts. Not just losing, yeah. but getting destroyed. Jonathan Taylor. I still I can't if that dude didn't have that game, I would have won so much money that week because I didn't have him, but I, I told you that was the week I had uh like a two percent owned Aaron Rodgers, uh three percent owned Justin Jefferson and a like Eight percent owned Devonte Adams and like a five percent owned uh, uh, Val, uh, Valdez Scantling, and they all went off and blew up. And then I, I mean, I won a bunch of money, but if I didn't have Taylor, if Taylor scored like fifty something points that week, so yeah, he went. Not, if he just had, if he just had thirty points, I probably won another thousand dollars. That hurts, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so but I think the Bills. I mean, the Bills. Listen, the Bills aren't in my top five. It shouldn't be, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. I guess to round out the top five, if I mentioned the Cardinals, the Packers, the Buccaneers, I put the Rams still in there, I feel like. And then... Fair. The, I, I guess I'm just going Chiefs, Patriots. I don't know. They I think play. the Chiefs are markedly better than the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots won seven in a row. I get it. But again, I, look who they beat. I know. It's nobody overly impressive. The Chiefs look good. And I'm including the Bills in there. But they also won the, the Bills game in a game where they threw the ball three times. Like It was just such an odd They're game. They're the two hottest teams in the league. The Chiefs and the Patriots. They've won. I agree. I'm more impressed row, by so. the Chiefs than the Patriots. I think the Patriots are beating up. They beat the Jets twice. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Panthers. Like I mean, listen. Listen. If you put a good, n- neutral side, I'm, I'm picking Chiefs. Every time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I Listen, I'll pick the Chiefs in Foxborough over New England at this point. They're just a much better team Probably. than New England is. Probably. Sorry. That's right. It's my opinion. Do you want to give us the trash of the, the league? The Lions or? have retaken their spot atop okay. the bottom of the league. Uh, atop the bottom? You yeah, know what sure. I mean. Yeah. Whatever. Sounds, um, sounds not good, but go ahead. They're awful, and it's, but I feel <laughs> for them. Like I, they try so hard. It's like the kid that never gives up, but he just sucks. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're back at the bottom. The Texans have <laughs> retaken second place. They gave up their, their weekly throne. Uh, atop the league for that one week. After that, I got the Jaguars, which are, my God, what a mess. Yeah. 
I mean, that was internal strife, complete inefficiency in a game, the inability to stop anybody, four yeah. interceptions from your quarterback. This is Urban Meyer's first year, right? Yes. Is he one and done? I don't think so. I think they'll give him another year. Although he, I don't know who dislikes this guy so much, but everything about him is negative. Yeah, he must, he must be, he must be a dick. Yeah, like, like, he's got to be behind the scenes. He's got to be. Oh, like, he's got to be just brutal. Yeah, he looks like he could be. You know who was kind of a jerk was Vince Lombardi. Uh, my father knew a guy that was like an assistant, assistant coach on his team. Sounds intimate. And he's like, look, you don't understand what an asshole this guy was because he deserves every bit of praise he gets. He was brilliant. He's a genius. But all he would do is every practice they would be running the sweep. And they would go, and they'd all bash into each other, fall down, and you just hear them, run it again. Run it again. Nothing was ever good enough. Everybody hated him, but he's like, he was a brilliant coach. You're like, he deserved it, but my God, yeah, nobody liked him. I think, per- I think Parcells had that same. Yeah, for sure. Know, whatever. So. A lot of, like, Belichick's not Listen, a likable guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a bunch of unlikable people who are not good coaches, too. So you got right. to be good. You can't just be unlikable. But so Irvin Meyer is not good right now. No. So I don't, know. I don't know if he's one and done or not. But I don't either. I think he'll get another You don't year. think if, like, some big top, you know, power college school asks for him to come out, he bolts in a second, man. He, uh, he, he strikes me as, like, a Saban type. Like, eh, like I, I, like I, I tasted this, and yeah. this is not really my thing. And NFL I'm going go, to go boss around 18-year-old kids for a while. Right. Right, right, right. I mean, listen, I could see it. I don't think he'll be fired. How's that? I think he might leave. He might decide he does not like this, and he would rather go coach college. Uh, he does strike me as more of a Saban than a – I just blanked on the Seahawks coach's name. Pete Carroll? Thank you. Pete, I, like, for some reason, I was thinking Marucci, and I'm like, nope, that's not close. Pete Carroll. Like, Pete Carroll did a, did a good job. He's not doing a great job now, but he came in, and he, he's had success. Um they did not make the bottom five. The, the the rounding out the bottom five were returning to New York, New York, where it's the Jets and the Giants. Uh, I thought about the Bears, uh, and I tossed a coin in my head, and it came up Giants. So we went with yeah. that. Nice. Yeah. They're that close, uh, level yeah. of incompetence. Again, you could have gone either I mean, way. this time of year, a lot of these teams are checked out. So, like, they know they can't do anything. So they're just, yeah. uh, you know, playing for draft pick status. So you don't really know if they're any good or not. But I mean, I know the Giants are not good. I know the Bears yeah. are not good. I, know I mean, the listen, Jets Mike Glennon good. was their quarterback yesterday. Bro, it, it's not. That's never the sign your fa- franchise is going in the right direction. Yeah, and actually, I think, no disrespect to Mike no, Glennon. He, he actually ended up being a decent fantasy player, but yeah. literally not, not as did, did you see the fucking Taysom Hill run? Sorry, my F bomb. Wow, there. just drop an F bomb. Did you see now. that thing though? Because uh, no, I didn't. So like literally, like they were running out the clock, and he just busted free for like a like you know he was just running a quarterback, whatever. He rushed for like forty five yard touchdown run to like you know with seconds left or whatever it was, and so awesome. He was like the most highly owned fantasy player because he was cheap and starting and whatever, and like he had not done anything. He had one rushing touchdown before that, but it was okay. like manageable. And then all of a sudden, boom, like. 40, the and then 10 like, points on the last play yeah, of game in garbage yeah, time. Yeah, right. Much, uh, the Jets so. aren't good. They're, they're, they're really, really bad, as yeah. it turns out. They're, yeah. they're, they're not looking like they're going to get much better this year. It's not It's not going to improve. Yeah. All right, let's switch sports a little bit to one of your uh, favorites, NBA. You know, big uh, NBA guy. <laughs> I think I could even name every team. And so because I – this is, I guess, back to fantasy. What a fantasy segment we've done so far. But So I play a lot of NBA DraftKings, which basically they play every day, right? So you're constantly – you're just aware of roster issues as they start to materialize a little bit. And you're like, Hey, this team has got X number of players on in the protocol list and whatnot. So um, the NBA has a problem. So within the last month, Uh let let me read, let me read this. This is from, uh, I don't know, MSN. So, uh, you know, mainstream jargon. So this is not even trying to, 
you know, they're just reporting, at least just basic. They're quoting uh, Nikola Vucevic, who's the center for the, uh, the Bulls here. He says, um, the entire Bulls roster received both doses of the vaccine earlier this year, and Senator Nikola Vucevic confirmed Saturday that most of his teammates received the booster shots when they were made available this month. But this team-wide efforts haven't protected the Bulls from the largest outbreak of the NBA season. So right now, in 13 days, they have something like eight players who have tested positive, right? So all the players are triple, triple whatever, and triple jabbed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, that, whatever. So they're they're all in compliance. Let's just say that at least. And outbreak, right? And so this is not the first team. This is so the Hornets had a recent. They're still kind of just at the end of it. So like, you know. I bring her back to fantasy again. So when half all the guards of Charlotte, because they have, I'm, I'm assuming there's, so I don't know if they're not telling everybody if they've tested positive for the virus or if they're just half in the protocols and therefore, remember we mentioned LeBron. Did we mention LeBron when he got, you know, I don't tested, think so. So his was a false positive, apparently. Oh, really? So the next day he eventually, he was ba- back in like two days because they basically said it was a false positive. But he was pulled from a game, then had to sit out a game, and then they, you know, it, nonsense, right? Crazy. And then this is, again, we don't know if any of these players are actually sick. They just know they're in protocols. Uh, same thing that happened with the Hornets. But sometimes when these teams play each other and the contact tracing rules take in effect, whatever the NBA has in place, they affect multiple teams simultaneously and therefore things can get out of hand quickly. So fortunately for the bulls, they had a kind of a, I think they had like two or two days off in their schedule after this. So like they haven't played anybody since this happened. So maybe that will slow, but I don't think it's going to stop here. Nope. This is just the most recent version. And so, you know, we've talked about endless reasons why the vaccine mandate shouldn't, shouldn't exist. Uh, this kind of shows that no matter how compliant and uh, whatever the definition of fully vaccinated is, that you are not immune from this, and it, it doesn't do anything. Can we talk about the brilliance of the statement, go get another round of vaccine because Omicron is resisting the vaccine? Yeah. I mean, let's just say that again. The vax, this strain of COVID is avoiding the vaccine, is breaking through, is actually infecting more vaccinated people than non. And their answer is, better go get more of the vaccine. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I again, because I, I can just, I, I think I texted you this a couple, maybe a couple days ago. I'm like, the NBA is going to have a problem here. I yeah. can just feel like, I could see it kind of like bubbling around. And now I'm starting to see other people see the same thing that I'm seeing that are watching, especially the people who are tuned into daily fantasy stuff because they're literally paying attention to roster moves sim- like every single day, every, almost every hour, really. So, sure. And there's so m- much information out there that it's it's you, you can just see it if you know what to look for anyway. So the NBA is, seems to have a problem. I don't know if they're going to change. And like I said, some of them might just be policy problems, right? Like, yeah, because I don't know if all these people are sick or if they're just – need to isolate or whatnot because they've been exposed. Like all the guards in Charlotte were in the same meeting room or some something. And therefore they all had to quarantine or whatnot. I don't know. It seems logical, but I don't know if that's how it works or not. So we'll see. Like I said, there was a lot of games last year when they played. And then remember they played the whole playoffs in a bubble. Like mm-hmm. they all, there was no fans. They all played in one arena in Orlando or like, you know, some, a couple arenas yeah, in Orlando. Orlando. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to see that again, but it's a crazy time point. You just have to acknowledge the vaccines have not worked. And then the other thing, outside as well as they were supposed to. One side note to them, and then we'll move on. But so, like, the NBA also has this designation of uh, 
illness, like non-COVID illness is actually, I think, the designation, right? But so you'll get a lot of the, you got tons of these right after the booster where the players were just, you know, had, I'm guessing, adverse events, not feeling well, flu-like symptoms, totally normal normal effects for a vaccine. And it basically caused a bunch of these players to miss games. So it's just a weird, (laughs) it was a weird, because I'm following, um, you know, injury reports and this COVID information is being distributed through the injury reports. Yeah. Like I'm seeing this weird merging of things and I can see what's happening. I feel like, and it's, I don't know, it's weird. Right. So it's not weird. It's totally expected. Like this shouldn't be shocking to anybody. I know, but I shouldn't be able to diagnose an NBA booster problem through injury reports on Twitter. Yes, you should. (laughs) You might be too tuned into this. I guess. Well, yeah, that's actually probably the bigger problem. Yes. I listen. I empathize with you. Yeah. I see it everywhere, I guess, right? You can't unsee it. I can't. It's right? every every so. time I hear somebody died, every time somebody had like so oh, it's just some if they don't say COVID, immediately I'm I can't help myself. My brain's like So have you heard next? the two, have you heard the two? I don't know if this is gonna do anything with the algorithms, but have you heard the two uh, Demarius Thomas and Anne Rice this week? Uh I knew Demarius Thomas died. I have no idea what Well, there people are trying to insinuate, you know, the they had seizures. Yeah. Right, which is a known side effect. Yeah, and I, I listen. I heard, you know, to be fair, I heard that they were uh, an after effect of a car accident that he may have been into. I didn't okay. really look that up. But that was the family had insinuated there was a car accident, and the seizures followed that. But whatever, he died. It was uh, tragic. Yeah, thirty three. That's right. crazy. Um, and then Anne Rice, not thirty three. She was eighty, um, but she also was very public on Twitter about her uh, booster status. So, um, mm. anyway. Uh, it's hard not to think about it because right, you know you're you not going right, to be told the I, truth. Right. Yeah. So now, like I said, because there's no trust in anything. Right. There's there's just nothing to talk. You just have to let all the information absorb and figure it out as uh, on yeah. the fly. So hope. Yeah. All right. Let's switch. Uh, we'll touch. Let's quickly touch on Alec Baldwin here. Um, did you see his interview at all? So I watched some highlights of it. Two two things that I found. That I just wanted to bring to people's attention if if they if they thought it was weird too. So first of all, the big story was everybody was like he he pulled the he didn't pull the trigger right. That was his assertion is he didn't pull the trigger. Okay. And I said I read I just read something about some expert being like called bullshit on that and basically said it's like the forty five caliber thing is like almost impossible for it not to like it's I guess he he's like if he pulled the trigger so, um, but and so I don't know if and I'll ask you to reply on that too but. The other thing that I found interesting, did, in one point, he's like, he didn't know that he had actually shot her with a live round for 45 minutes. Yeah. Wasn't he standing there going, why yeah, was I he shot a her. hot gun? He sh- yeah. And so he says that he didn't realize it until people told him later, like 45 minutes later, that it was actually a live round. He had thought that the, I don't know, I'm guessing that the... Oh, the project. The, the, the projector, whatever happened in the gun. But if he was... At any kind of decent human being, yeah. which I, I listen, he's if, not. He's not. So wouldn't you at least walk towards the person? I mean, she had a wound and she was shot in the chest, right? So, I mean, I can't imagine he would have overlooked that. There had to have been some some kind of... You knew something happened. Something had to have been going on behind the camera. He's like, he thought she fainted. And then he didn't realize for 45 minutes later that she was actually shot and dead. And he shot her. Yeah. All right. You got a credibility problem, dude. He, I think he just killed this person, and I don't like, like I know I've been. <laughs> t- so uh, Tim Pool's basically been just put, like trying to like be as uh, flippant as, as yeah. He but he he basically keeps you know, and he he's 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 good at it. So he keeps picking you know his words carefully to you know he said Alec Baldwin you know 
pulled back the 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 hammer pulled the trigger and killed the woman right like he's like and then it's like for us to assume that it was accident we have to go back one step to the the district uh the assistant guy who handed him the gun, who wasn't the armorer. Mm-hmm. And the armorer basically said, you know, she thought that there was, you know, blank rounds in there. But so how, if, if all, all these things had, but his point was all these things had to have happened prior to him actually then pulling back the hammer and pulling the trigger and firing at the woman. Right. So all these accidents had to happen. And then he would have had to done those three things. And it's still, he did those three things. He pulled back the hammer, he pulled the trigger and shot a woman. And so, his point is basically we've all given Alec Baldwin the benefit of the doubt uh, because it happened on a set and because we think there's no way that anybody could do anything nefarious like that. But like, and he said in the interview, he said he uh, he didn't expect to be charged criminally. So I don't buy that at all. But I don't know. I mean, that's that's it's a, weird, man. That, that forty five minutes. That thing's a little weird. That's odd, and it doesn't like it doesn't add up. And also, I'm not I'm not a resident expert on firearms. I'm not like the end all be all. I have pretty good experience with firearms um that particular gun uh, a 45 caliber handgun was that what it was it was like yeah it's, i mean obviously the, it's a it's a western movie right so it's an okay. old gun that is one of the revolver right so it's the oh yeah no pull- that did not shoot without so being like the trigger pulled no shot it, it, it so this has been the whole thing like okay it's a it's a you know it's a era movie right so like you can you're picking the guns to suit the era that the movie is in. It's, right. like, a, it's like the 1800s or something. Or, you know, it's like early, whatever it is. I don't know. It's early enough in the time that it's not an AK-47. It's an yeah, old not, caliber handgun. Right. I mean, the, the the beauty of those weapons were their simplicity of, at the, especially at the time where you had the, the chamber with the six bullets in it, you'd cock the hammer back, that moves the barrel around so your next round is in there, you squeeze the trigger and it comes forward, it hits the back of the bullet, and that fires the projectile. And I don't know. There's to, no way you could not make. I mean, listen, he's not saying he dropped it. He's not no. saying there was any. He was holding the gun, didn't squeeze the trigger, and a bullet came out. Yeah. What? So I've heard some people assert that he pulled back the hammer and let it go, right? And then it just. I guess that's possible. So that's not I've different heard, than pulling the trigger. Right, I've also heard that the only way that is, is there had to be a defect in the gun because there's locking mechanisms on the way back that would keep that from happening. Should. <clears throat> right. So they're saying there could there would have to be a defect in the gun. I mean, listen, I, I'm of the opinion, like, this is all on film someplace, right? Right. What Weren't they shooting a movie? Yes. Like, where's the footage? And women. It's a, Where's the footage? Just show the footage. Right. Let's get it out. I mean, I don't know how he can escape any... I, I mean, listen, yeah, he might not be charged criminally, but he was the executive producer on the movie, too, right? Yeah. That was overseeing this completely negligent operation where yeah. they're intermixing live rounds and blank rounds to the point that you don't know what you're handing somebody. Yeah. I'm sorry, but this is unacceptable. This is gun safety 101. Like the, this is the anti-gun lobby's wet dream of like, see, it can happen. And people that own guns and use guns and are familiar with guns are going, no, that should never happen. This is an inexcusable mistake that you are not even adhering to the most basic rules of gun safety. Like, and you want me to to concede like, oh, I understand. No, you you didn't do it right. You broke every rule there is, and then something went wrong. Like, this is why the rules are there to stop this from happening. So I don't think he's getting charged with murder, you know, first or second. What are you saying? Involuntary manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter is is probably an apt charge. Um, We'll see what happens, but this woman died. Yeah. As a result of his and others' negligence.
and their actions. Yeah, I'm going to keep I'm going to pay attention to that. that. That that interview did not do him. It was like literally as cringy as the Prince Andrew stuff. After that, I felt worse for him. I was like, Yikes. and I didn't watch the whole thing, but I was like, man, what I saw did not look good. No. So. All right. Um, all right. Let's talk another thing. I was I, I didn't talk enough or I talked way longer than I wanted to talk about Alec Baldwin. But I don't know. There's something weird about that. You That's, seem interested. Like you're the, into this. Ju- Jesse Smollett. We didn't cover this at all, right? I, mean, I don't think we talked about it once. To cover. No, I know, but now I now I want to bring it in as part of a bigger thing. Um, we t- just talked about how I don't know Alec Baldwin. I feel like was early on kind of protected with all these misfires and prop gun nonsense that people have been talking about. It's basically a media diversion from right. what actually I think you know reporting should be. Um, but this is even a you know a much bigger thing. The, the, the whole media was had by this, but. I mean, everybody was aware from the beginning that the cops didn't believe it. So uh, the one thing I do want to talk about, so I just, I don't, I I mean, if you guys all know, Jesse Smollett was the actor, I guess, and who... uh, This is the funniest thing ever, because we did talk about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we definitely talked about this when it happened. All right. Look, this gentleman, who was an actor, he was in the Mighty Ducks. He was one of the kids uh, that was on the hockey team as a child. Now he's in a show called Empire. Apparently he's gay, and he's black. And he claimed, now, listen, just just in the middle of all context, let's say your job was to be a reporter. Tell me if there's anything that goes off in your mind that goes, well, that seems unlikely, as we lay out these allegations. He went to go to Subway in the downtown Chicago, not the Subway, the restaurant Subway, apparently, at about 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm. In the middle of a polar vortex when it was like negative 10 degrees in Chicago. As he is walking to Subway at 2 o'clock in the morning in the midst of a polar vortex, he happens to stumble upon two white gentlemen wearing a MAGA hat, one of them was, who recognized Jesse Smollett. Because obviously the show Empire... Big with the MAGA crowd. Big show. Very I mean, popular with the MAGA crowd. I, mean, I, I feel like you're, just to, just to add my own little senses, I'm, I'm playing through that story. Do you think he had a scarf or a hat on when they recognized this dude? I mean, obviously, because it's negative 10. <laughs> you're wearing a MAGA hat. Right. It's like negative whatever degrees. Out. Come on. So now it gets better. It gets way better. Because now these two MAGA. Wait, should, you, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So it's 2 o'clock in the morning. They are apparently just wandering the street. Recognize Jussie Smollett. As that uh, faggot from Empire is what his claim yeah. was. Forgive me, I don't use bad words, yeah. but that's that was the claim. They said yeah. it's it's that f from Empire. This is MAGA country, <laughs> downtown Chicago. Chicago, in the city of Chicago is MAGA country. Obviously, that makes total sense. So they also happened to be carrying a little noose and some bleach. And decided on the off chance they were going to run into Jussie Smollett because he's very critical of Donald Trump to yell, this is MAGA country, pour bleach in his face. I think they took his Subway sandwich and put a rope over his head as a noose. Like, what? At 2 o'clock in the morning when it's negative 10 degrees outside, these two dudes just happen to be walking around and recognized you? You know, he stumbled in with the noose still around his neck, right? Yes. 
What an idiot. He just kept wearing it. Like, hey, look, look what happened. Look what he happened. goes to report the hate Literally, crime. I mean, listen, you know, it's hard to put myself into that situation, but like, I think that'd be the first thing I would do is take the thing off my head. Obviously, right? I would take the <laughs> Maybe I would off. carry it around with me because I'm like evidence. I but I mean, it, like, yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, come on. I just think, like, as these details came out and everybody's like, this was a modern yeah. day lynching, some of us were going, wait. Like, okay. Say that again. Two o'clock in the morning, these two dudes just happened to be walking around with a noose on the off chance. What, what was their end game? Like, who does this? And who would, re- I don't, uh, who would recognize this guy? I didn't know he existed. I didn't know who he was either. <laughs> then I found out he was in the Mighty Ducks, and I was really disappointed. Because I love that movie. Uh, man, I could, you want to do a Mighty Ducks deep dive one day? No. Okay. No, it's all bad. I know. All bad. Um, Joshua Jackson's by far the most normal one that came out of that one. Yeah, I don't know that one, but I don't know, I know other ones. Yeah, it's not great. So anyways, that all happened, and now five, and then the police charged him. They said, like, no, this is fake reporting of a hate crime, and he came out and was like, they said, why do you think this happened? I, I think it was Good Morning America, and he's like, I come after 45 hard. Like, buddy, we don't even know. I don't know who you are. Nobody knows who you, and listen, I'm not even a MAGA guy. I don't know who you are. You think the MAGA crowd, and you got to figure, somebody that's willing to do this is not toe-in-the- water MAGA. This is like true believer, Trumpist, every stereotype you could, and you think these people watch Empire? They, you think they know who you are? You're high. This, like the arrogance and the self-aggrandizement that this takes is spectacular. And so when some people started asking questions like, oh, I'm sorry. And then the funniest thing is, it turns out, you know what they have in downtown Chicago? Cameras. A lot of places. Weird, I know, right? And so it turns out he was, in fact, accosted by two brothers. They just happened to be from Nigeria, and one of them happened to be his workout coach. Whoops! They, they caught him, and immediately the Nigerian mega dudes, hat wearers. Immediately, these two dudes were like, "Yo, he paid us. Like, he paid us to do this. We didn't like yeah. we we weren't walking around with bleach and a noose yeah. as Nigerians to go attack a lighter skinned black gentleman walking down the street at two o'clock in the morning, who I happened to work for." And so, yeah, this is the so, best story ever. Uh, like the fact uh, that anybody bought this for more than a day is remarkable. And I, all the you know all the blue check marks on Twitter came out and be like this event needs to be whatever you know this was symbolism of all like this was what you know what this america what was turning Trump into policies yeah, right. are the goal is this and so fast forward to i don't know what it was uh uh my favorite was it monday or ever. tuesday well, i don't know sometime i mean they obviously he was he was found guilty right i don't know what the sentence was or what the sentence is going to be i don't even care whatever Somebody like, made a comment sentenced. to me they're like well if he's black so of course he's going to be guilty like no, he's going to be found guilty because he's I, guilty. This I found is it interesting that he actually didn't present a defense. He just basically just said, "I didn't uh, do it." Yeah, no, I mean not really. He didn't even say that. He just said he that implied not guilty. Well, sure, that's it. But like his defense was literally <laughs> not. He didn't have a defense. It was almost like he was just hoping that the jury was going to nullify the thing. Like, eh, nah, we're not. How do could it. you defend this? Is it like, listen, I wasn't a lawyer very long. You're not winning this case. It's, they got eyewitnesses they've got the money transaction they've got the complete absurdity of the story to begin with they've got things on video like and then he wouldn't the, i guess that was the thing it was like could you hand over your phones so we can look through it he's like no yeah and so and then uh, one more note on this uh and so god i it, love this story so when smollett was testifying he basically uh testified under oath whatever he uh received texts from don lemon yeah from cnn 
telling him the police weren't buying it. Yeah, and they like, were uh, the police don't believe you, buddy. Uh, so he stopped cooperating with the police right after that. And, you know, Don Lemon still. How does Don Lemon still have a job? He's ter- remember when he still following the plane every day? The Malaysian uh, flight, whatever it was. Yeah, remember when he would basically turn out to be the Harvey Weinstein of gay dudes? Yeah, well, that's there's still uh, there's right. still uh, litigation out against that, so we'll see what happens. I mean, how does this man still have a job? This is amazing. Yeah, this is just remarkable, and uh, I think I think it's funny that Brian Selter went on CNN talking about it after the trial was over, being like, "Jesse just wants to get back to his life." I just spoke to a friend of his who said he just wants to get back to acting, and everybody was like, "You spoke to Don Lemon." <laughs> Is that the friend you talk to? Be honest. Come on, Brian. It is. You know it is. Let's not pretend. God, I hate CNN. Yeah. Such a joke. Did you see that uh, Chris Wallace is going to CNN? Yeah, I couldn't care less. Yeah, I don't even, uh, like, I don't even know I, what he does. I, so. I know nothing about that guy other than he was very, very criticized during his presidential debate performance that I had to watch for this show and once, agreed that he did a terrible job. Once the Washington Post said it was a win for CNN, I was like, oh, he must be terrible. So but I really don't even know. That's how much I'm I care about. CNN. I'm opposite of the Washington Post, almost whatever they post. I just want CNN to go back to being an objective news network. I know I haven't been that for 20 plus years. Yeah. But my God, just go back to the news because what you are right now is an embarrassment. You Trash. can't outdraw podcasts. Yeah. And so let's uh, let's put a bow on uh, they the, do media, us, the media bashing here. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys probably have uh, read or saw over the, uh, I said it was uh, last week sometime, uh, that Julian Assange. This is way less funny than the Jesse yeah. Smollett story. Yeah, no. And it's probably, you know, no one's going to talk about this one anywhere near as much as they talked about Jesse Smollett. So it's sad. Right. Um, but Julian Assange, if you guys uh, don't know, uh, the founder of WikiLeaks, uh, you can see all of the uh, things that he's done throughout his uh, 15, 20 years of uh, existence. Uh, He's probably broken more stories than all the mainstream media combined. Um, but so he, more meaningful stories. He, as you know, has been held basically in isolation uh, in the London apartment right now uh, after he was uh, removed from an embassy in Ecuador, Ecuador. Uh, or the Ecuadorian embassy, I guess. Yes. Yeah. So um, the U.S. or his extradition was denied uh, because a lower London or a lower uh, British court had decided that the conditions of U.S. jails were so terrible that they couldn't in good conscience actually release Julian Assange to the U.S. for fear that he might kill himself or be killed or die or 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 whatever, right? So um, anyway, that appeal or that was appealed by the U.S. and it was overturned and now he will be extradited to the U.S. uh, where he's facing something like 108 years for espionage or something. Um, the Espionage Act. But I see people on the media still cheering for this, as in, you know, mostly when I say people in the media, it's blue check mark, anti Trump foreign policy hawks who basically are, you know, pro big brother and want the NSA and everybody's business. When did liberals become so illiberal? Uh I don't know. I don't I mean yeah, I mean they've they've killed the word. Yes. Um, so it's it's sad because you know I I in a lot of ways would consider myself in some ways a classical liberal I guess in a sense where or at least I'm closer to that um, than what is the modern definition of liberal for sure. So, but anyway, so Julian Assange I don't know. Do you hear he had a I think like a stroke, a stroke or something? Yeah. So I don't know. 
that just was, I think, reported yesterday. Um, you know, the Assange team said they're going to appeal this ruling. I don't know really how much where else they can go, but, um, you know, this dude is getting painted as some kind of a treasonous spy. Um, Who endangered the troops. Yeah, which is nonsense. Nonsense. And is basically, if he is extradited to the U.S. and serves one day of sentence, then press freedoms are over. Right? Have I mean, this, yeah, you have none. Because you can't, if you can't expose the most powerful, because the most powerful can just shut you down and basically kill you in, in, a, in a way, if not literally, then, then there is no press freedom. What Julian, here's the, the basic fundamental problem with putting this man in prison for what he published. It was true. It was accurate. It was newsworthy. It was covered up by our government and they got exposed. We discovered so many, so many underhanded, morally reprehensible, illegal activities being done by the highest levels of our government and their only defense was, uh, you can't tell people that because that'll put our people in the field in danger. Like, no, I think you're the one putting people in danger. Think about just a, a recent example. Think about how crazy this is. Our government, drone strike, put a, put a drone strike in Afghanistan, killed seven aid workers and no enemy combatants, came out, lied about it, said, we got these terrorists and these are the exact terrorists we killed in this bombing. And it only came out like a week later, no, you killed aid workers. These people had were completely innocent. You dropped a bomb on their car as they were coming, as they were just leaving their house with a drone. And that part is ridiculous enough. The part that's genuinely sad, they didn't in, they were forced to do an internal investigation because the outcry was loud enough for them for to say, What are you, what are you doing? You just killed seven people. This is murder. And you know what the results of their investigation were? No negligence. Nobody did anything wrong. Nobody will be held accountable. Nobody will be demoted. Nobody will be fired. Nobody will be arrested. Every procedure was followed properly. How? How? I get war is messy. Believe me, I understand that. And and the ruling like this on Assange and the way Assange has been basically literally, you know, being tortured to death is God, I chill everybody who's trying to report on any of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you they, found they out that this is what the government was yeah. doing, how quick would you be to be like, yeah, this is happening? So, so they just reported as they, you know, they, they 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 allow what you just described and that just happened, and they, nobody nobody jumps into it because the ramifications of being, you know, basically harassed by your government are, are too. Not big. even harassed, like no, put away. Yeah, sure, right. So, um, and here's a here's the other part of that is if you look at how we define. Like in the drone program in particular, of if they cannot prove beyond any doubt that that person was completely innocent, they count as an enemy combatant. If there's any reason to think that they were an enemy combatant, they count as a terrorist that was killed in a drone strike. We've dropped bombs on weddings. We've dropped bombs on families. We've dropped bombs on innocent people. We've dropped bombs on aid workers. And then we lied about it. We covered it up. And Julian Assange was a big part of why we found that out. He was involved with when we found out about Gitmo too, right? Uh, so, about yeah, the treatment. I mean, the, 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 the big thing that he – so, and this is kind of – you know, I think uh, Glenn Greenwell made this point was that Assange was kind of a hero of the 
First Amendment left, you know, the the, 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 the liberals. Right, right. Yes. The people who were like, hey, you know, we need press freedoms. We need, you know, power exposed. Uh, those type people, Assange was a hero. And then 2016 happened. And he, everybody got dumb because of Trump. And the... And he leaked the he Democrat leaked the emails. DNC emails that, that basically showed, showed nothing about Trump that showed Hillary Clinton cheated Bernie Sanders out of the nomination, right? With the help of the DNC, yeah, with Debbie Wasserman Schultz, piece of crap she is, right. and so he exposes the left cheating the the real the left, far left, right, right. And then he gets mislabeled as a Trump protector because he sabotaged Hillary's campaign. And then everybody turned it like, oh, but her emails. Like, are you unaware of what her emails demonstrated? Do you know how wrong this is? It didn't matter. what. How do you not yeah. object to this? This is unbelievable. The content didn't matter. It was just that it, he. Who was Hillary's running mate? What was his name? Tim Kaine. Tim Tim Kaine. Do you know Tim Kaine was the former head of the DNC before yeah. Debbie Wasserman Schultz? Weirdly enough, he stepped aside to make room for Debbie Wasserman Schultz after Obama beat Hillary Clinton in the previous one. A- after she had to step down because of the email exposed that she cheated, she has stepped down as DNC. Hillary hired her as the campaign manager. I know. Like assistant or something. I mean, like. But I love that everybody was wondering, why did Tim Kaine get the nomination? Well, buddy, this is how politics yeah. is done. You step down from your DNC chair position. And I'm going to run for president. We've already got it all rigged that I'm going to get the nomination and you're going to be my VP. So weird. And all Julian Assange did for the 2016 thing was expose this happened. That's it. Again, there was nothing wrong. There was nothing false about what he was reporting. It was true. It was there and he published it and it was accurate and people deserve to face consequences for it. Guess what? They didn't. Well, she lost the election, so I guess that was something. Um, But I think she was going to lose the election anyway because she was the most unlikable candidate in the history of of U.S. politics. Yeah, and like that was when everybody shifted and and switched on Julian Assange. Yeah, and that's really sad because again, I don't care what side he's reporting on. If it's true and it's accurate, he does not deserve what he is facing. The fact that people are writing him off, Jim Acosta, who has the balls to write a book called A Dangerous Time to Tell the Truth in America because Donald Trump insulted him publicly in press briefings, called him a moron, basically, repeatedly, and called him fake news, and he said this is a dangerous time to tell the truth in America. And you're coming out here cheering on Assange being arrested and, and like, he should definitely be convicted? You are a piece of garbage. I'm sorry. Anybody who claims to work for the free press and want a free press, you should at least have some hesitation about what we are doing to this guy. Because think about it genuinely. What was illegal? What did he do that was actually illegal? How many people did he get killed? The answer is none. He called the State Department one day and said, hey, somebody just published this list. I had nothing to do with it, but it's on there, and you better get your people out because somebody's going to die. This is the guy I'm supposed to believe was so indifferent to the human life. He called the State Department to warn them, this is going public, and it's going. your people are going to be at risk if, if this gets seen. I got nothing to do with it, but it's out there. I saw it. You better do something. Weird how that didn't get reported. No. Weird. When did the liberals decide that the best way to run a country was through the intelligence state? And so this, I just saw this today, and, and we'll move on <clears throat> subjects because, like I said, I you know we'll see what happens with the appeal. I'm not sure. Like I said, it, it does not look good for Julian Assange. Um, nope. I hope that if he is extradited to the U.S., there is a 
million people waiting for whoever, wherever he is. And that like, I don't know how, how he, I don't know how the people can push back enough to get the point across to the government, but I mean, there needs to be a way. Um, and let me, let me just wrap up on this and then we'll move on. Okay. Um, so I saw this is, this is a headline is criticizing Joe Biden a danger to democracy. I quit. As concerns mount over the future of free and fair elections, a debate has broken out about whether the media must protect Biden to save the republic. So I retweeted this. Is this the onion? No. No. Oh. I retweeted this with not rigging the republic, fortifying it. <laughs> uh, a reference to the Time article that uh, was not rigging the elections. They, they were, were fortifying, fortifying it. the elections. Yeah, so yes. they were fortifying the republic because the media is basically... Out loud questioning whether or not they should be allowed. If they should question the president because that might hurt the republic. You know, I, at like this what? point, we're, we're, as a country, I, f- I feel like we're, we're probably beyond saving. Because this is the most ridiculous, laughably stupid time that you could imagine being alive. Like, you, everybody has access to all of the information. It's all out there. And nobody has any curiosity. We live in a time where our elected officials, we, we have the press is supposed to be, we have a free press as a check on government power because power corrupts, folks. Ten times out of ten, power corrupts. So the media is supposed to be one of the great checks on that power. And you have one of the largest press um, companies that's actually publishing a paper where they say, is it too dangerous to question Joe Biden, Joe Biden, whose brains are, let's just say, not what they used to be, who likes to end his Joe speeches Biden by disagrees. saying, end of report. Joe Biden disagrees. She says questioning uh, President Biden's uh, acumen is uh, ridiculous. You mean he's always been this dumb? I guess she said this yesterday. I didn't actually watch the interview. I just saw oh, the headlines. So, yeah. I mean, listen, we spent four years with psychologists. Uh, what was that woman's name? Dr. Lou or Wu or something like that coming out and being like, it is against the law for me to diagnose somebody that I have not actually sat and met with, but this is too dangerous. And Donald Trump has all these mental issues. Like you should lose your license. You're not, no, that's not okay. You're not allowed to do that. There's a reason you're supposed to, you know, diagnose people properly and not just go and label them. You nut job. See, I can do it. Cause I'm not a psychiatrist and nobody has to listen to me. Um, but anyways, back to this in utter insanity of the, of the, Media. Yeah, listen, I, I felt like, and I I, th- I told you this this morning, like I kind of went, I grouped all these stories together because I feel like it's just a, our media is gr- Our media is so bad. Listen, it's so bad. Let's, get, let's keep going down this list, actually, because on top of, we have it where you're not allowed to. The president literally came out and said, we're going to start encouraging reporters to focus on better economic data. And for five straight days, we got nothing but how good the economy is from every major media source. You are no longer reporters. You are stenographers. You have... You are a puppet getting your mouth worked by Joe Biden and whoever the heck is running Joe Biden. Um, We have Nancy Pelosi, who there is a Twitter account that was just suspended called Nancy Pelosi's Portfolio Tracker. And all it does is it lays out all of the portfolio investments that Nancy Pelosi's husband makes. And they said, and there's a whole like Reddit subgroup of retail investors that just follow along and invest. And and somebody asked him, why do you do it? (laughs) Because he's never been wrong. Not one investment has not worked. Not one. 
Like, they buy an electric vehicle company, and then two weeks later, the, gov- the government awards this company a huge contract. This is illegal, and it's so well known there's an entire group of people profiting off of it by just making the same trades because nobody cares. Chuck Schumer has so much Wall Street money lining his pockets and is so utterly corrupted. It is amazing. Uh, Mitch McConnell, his wife grew up in Hong Kong, and her family made all their money in shipping involved with the government of China. She became like the undersecretary for the Labor Department in this country. On what? Like, we are, the corruption is so far gone. We have these people, the January 6th rioters or seditionists or treason. Quick side note, not one has been charged with treason. Not one has been charged with sedition. They keep getting charged with trespassing and criminal mischief. All right. They have been in jail cells since January. It is December. How have they not been charged and tried yet? Because they have no interest in charging and trying them. They're trying to leverage them into pleading guilty for something so that they can get these all on the record. Not one of them is going down for treason or sedition because, folks, it wasn't a treason or seditious coup. It was a protest that turned into a borderline riot filled with a bunch of people that weren't very bright. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you here, but our government is gone. We have such blatant, brazen corruption and incompetence at every level of government. And it doesn't matter what they say. People just go, yeah. It's remarkable like when i tell you we're beyond saving i think we're beyond saving because i don't know how you get this back it's too big well, it's I do, too I said, far that's, spread. that's i was gonna say the <clears throat> the saving could happen if the people were informed but they're not informed as we just pointed out over the last three stories all the media has basically been complicit in all these stories being the wrong you know give, giving the wrong information portraying the wrong narrative that's been going around when like i said we can even bring this back to rittenhouse right like it's 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 not going away. Like the the press is broken just along with with, with our governments. We and spent four years hearing daily about how Russia had colluded with Donald Trump in our election. We had public officials, elected politicians, go on camera and say, "I've seen the evidence you haven't seen, and it is conclusive. There is no doubt." Looking at you, Adam Schiff. He colluded. We have the evidence. That same man went under oath. They said, all right, what do you got? And he said, well, I haven't seen any evidence to that effect. He just went and lied. Were there any consequences for the guy? Nope. Still still in office. Like the duopoly that runs this country between the Republican and the Democrat Party at the expense of anybody else who wants to get involved. Sorry, not happening. Bernie Sanders, tough break. Stop towing the line. My God. Anyways. It's so corrupted, it's so evil, all they do is kick it back and forth and keep everybody else out, and they continue to get wealthy. I mean, all these senators that are worth multi-millions of dollars, they make two hundred grand a year. That's great money. It's not enough to become a multimillionaire in four years. You're doing insider trading. Like, you're doing illegal activities. You're taking bribes. It's crazy. I don't know how this ever gets fixed. I don't think it can. And now you add in, like, let's just print more money. Inflation's not real. I'm going to do a $4 trillion bill that won't add one dissent to the deficit. Liar. <laughs> I, liar. I, like, you're going to double the tax revenues by raising taxes on the people that make over $400,000 a year? Yeah, they probably won't take any mitigation. They'll just pay. That's what they always do, obviously. Like, how do you people believe this? 
when Joe Biden talks, it, like, listen, I felt the same way when Donald Trump talks, so please don't think it's one party or the other. They're lying. How are we not understanding it yet? Like, this is what politicians do. They lie for their own ends. All right, I guess that's a good segue to Kathy Cuomo. God help us all. So those of you not in New York State, you're welcome for being not in New York State. So jealous. Our replacement governor, placeholder governor. Unelected governor. Our governor. governor. Kathy Cuomo Hochul has implemented a New York State mask mandate effective today, Mr. Husong. For all indoor places, you're not wearing a mask, by the record. I'm not. The state uh, announced this either on Thursday or Friday of last week, so the emergency was so great that, again, they waited until Monday to implement this uh, uh, mandate. Uh, but today, all indoor activities, any anybody inside a building, out in public, is required to wear a mask, unless that venue requires vaccine vaccine status to enter so uh i know like let's call it the dome for example right so like you can get the vaccine status there for the dome so they have their own mask mandate but i'm just saying in general a uh a venue as such who already has vaccine status uh or vaccine uh requirements in place does not need to enforce a mask mandate now this is a statewide mandate uh, through a couple press conferences that I overheard here locally through our county executive. Uh, she had left the enforcement of this mask mandate up to the counties. We are up to timber. We are up to eight now counties. Well, let's say seven and a half. Maybe, no, I guess eight and a half. Eight and a half, including our own Onondaga County. We'll get there. Uh, but eight other counties have impl- or have come out publicly and said, we are not spending resources to enforce this mandate. Um, which, again, our, and I'll get to the half here, which is Onondaga, our county executive said the same thing when asked in a press conference if he was going to enforce the mandate. He said, I don't have the resources to enforce a mandate. I don't know how to do it. He said, basically, unless I get money from the state to, you know, re- the, those resources to fund a... Uh, effort from the probation officers, I believe he mentioned, as the uh, uh, enforcement agent, then he couldn't enforce it and therefore was not enforce it until he was just going to use education approach through, you know, whatever, through, the, I'm guessing, funds that he has already had uh, allocated through the federal government to promote education to these establishments. The, the biggest question is going to be the hospitality industry, right? This basically has been destroyed by these mandates. Um, there's zero chance a restaurant is going to be able to spend staff at the door checking vaccine statuses. It's impossible to enforce mask mandates when you're eating and drinking and, you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing in these, uh, these, these places. And here we are, we have a new indoor mask mandate after a mask mandate that didn't work for months last year at this time. And, I don't see an end in sight. I feel like Kathy Hochul likes the power that she has is just as much as the previous governor and is willing to basically lay down the law because she thinks she's got moral high ground to stand on. Where does this authority come from? I don't know where the legislature is. I thought that they basically gave this, you know, the Cuomo gave back this uh, ability to, uh, this wasn't an executive order. This is just some mandate. There's literally nothing, like there's no enforcement. There's, there's, There's nothing in place that says, 
hey, this is the rule. You know, when if, if an officer tried to pull me over, or and or infor- if somebody tried to enforce the matchmate, I could ask them to point to the law, the the man, whatever. There's not in print anywhere mm-hmm. at this point. Basically, she just has just a, an announcement. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I it's just an it. announcement. Right. So, um, all right, let's go through all the reasons why this makes no sense. Number one. We're going to go way longer. Hopefully you have... Uh, I'll make it... I'll do the abridged version. I just know that... I'm just making sure you don't have any, uh, you know, saving of humanity on the on the docket next here no. that you're going to be late for. So, okay, go ahead. No, no, no. I just, just got to ring bells. Um, masks don't block transmission of aerosolized particles to any meaningful degree. Check. Okay. In the same way that a chain link fence will block some particles of sand from blowing through, a mask will block some aerosolized particles. But if I told you, hey... Your sand is blowing on my yard. I need you to build a fence. And you built a chain link fence and went, good? Uh, No. Well, it's blocking some. It's better. But it's not meaningful. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It's not enough to matter. And what did Megan Mansell say? If if, uh, a mask or any other PPE has a 5% escape rate, it's useless. And the escape rate on paper and cloth masks is like 92%. It's laughable that we're still doing this. All right, so that's point number one. Point number two, I'm going to return to the idiocy. Let's say masks did actually work in some meaningful degree. When you walk into a restaurant wearing a mask, sit down and take the mask off and set it down, eat, drink, be merry, stand back up and put the mask on is the dumbest thing in the entirety of the world. You cannot justify this. You cannot defend this. It's an aerosolized particle, folks. If It goes in the air and just sits. It's not droplets. It hasn't been droplets. It's been aerosolized all along. As soon as you take the mask off, even if it did work, it's useless again, guys. Okay, that's number two. Number three, asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic spread. Almost non-existent. It's so rare. Yes, it can happen. I am not arguing that point. But it's such an exception to the rule, it's not even funny. Even in household transmission, it's less than 1% of all occurrences. Symptomatic transmission, much, much, much more common. It is the 99% rule instead of the 1% exception. So why do we have a bunch of asymptomatic people walking around without masks on, with masks on? Doesn't make any sense. None. It's not based on science. Next, we have vaccines. Now, I happen to think they don't work nearly as well as they were promised, but there is at least some temporary benefit, increased antibodies, and prevention of COVID by people taking the vaccine. What what are we doing? And if you're going to check vaccine status at the door, let's please keep in mind what the vaccine, the only claim made by any of the pharmaceutical companies that are still producing vaccines is that it will reduce severe illness and death. It'll reduce your likelihood of going into a hospital. It will not reduce your capacity to spread. It will not reduce your viral load. It will not reduce your propensity to get COVID. Okay. Why are we mandating vaccines? Like, why would that be as if masks worked? Why would a vaccine that doesn't stop you from getting it or transmitting it or even reduce those things, doesn't even reduce your odds of those things, why why would we allow people to take masks off if they've got a vaccine that's non-sterilizing and doesn't stop spread? Uh, These are reasonable questions. Like, if the mask worked, why would this be okay? If the mask works, then you have to have everybody wear it, period. But they don't work, and on some level, you all know it doesn't work. You, Everybody knows on at least some level that there's no way a piece of cloth over your face is blocking aerosolized particles to any meaningful degree. It's insanity to even believe this. My favorite argument, this is by far my favorite, my favorite one, the mask doesn't really protect the wearer. It's to block the spread. 
Okay, but the particle size of this virus are so small because they're aerosolized that they are literally going to pass right through the holes in the mask, the filtration, and it's going to escape out the side. And it's going to, like, the mask is just not meant to block particles that small. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't protect the wearer. It protects you from spreading it. What? So in your mind, you know I'm right because this is inarguable about the, the, the size of the particles versus the size of the mask, the holes in the mask. You're telling me that that only matters when it's coming in, but when it's going out, the particles are bigger? Like, what, what are you saying? That when they go in one way, the holes are this big, but when they go the other way, the holes get smaller? Like, no, it's the same size holes in the mask. You know how you could tell there's holes in the mask? Because you could still breathe with it on. My God. And instead of going out and being at all reasonably intelligent about any of this, this is just petty tyrants on a power trip trying to get you to bend the knee. And remember when they said, we just got to wear masks that we got vaccines. Hey, we got vaccines. And now we got masks again. These people are insane. Stop listening to them. Stop following them. They are not doing any of this based on science because the inconsistencies alone would be enough to make you slam your head into a wall. If masks work, but we know for sure the vaccines don't stop you from spreading it, don't reduce your capacity to spread it, and you will have a similar viral load. Ironically, the vaccines might actually lead to an increase in asymptomatic spread. So if you're going to have asymptomatic people wearing masks, it should be the vaccinated. Now, we don't know if that's happening yet, and God knows we're not going to study it. So... But if you have no symptoms, but it still has the same viral load and the same viral shedding capacity, usually it's the symptoms that let you know to stay home, that let you know, hey, you're pretty sick. I had COVID. I felt sick. I stayed home. Like, if I wasn't sick from it and I had the same level of virus and I was shedding it just as much as everybody else, that's how asymptomatic spread would happen, it would seem to me. But I'm not a doctor. I'm not a virologist. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm just applying some level of common sense. Could be wrong, but it seems reasonable. What are we doing? How is this happening? It's a year later. We're going to try all the same stuff we didn't that didn't work last year. Right. And so, and this is what I was going to say because let me list the counties in New York who are said they're not going to uh, spend resources enforcing the mandate: uh, Dutchess, Putnam, Rockland, Nassau, Livingston, Madison, Niagara, Rensselaer, and then the half Onondaga because. Our county executive has not committed to not enforcing it. He basically said he wants he to said try for that. a week. Yeah, he said, well, this week, because he was asked the way he was asked. I understand why he answered it. But yes, it's still a I'm leaving the door open to enforce this mandate whenever I decide I want to be a tyrant. So what will it take for people to but stand? I, up? I was a little bit, you know, not that I was expecting any one of these, uh, uh, you know, county representatives or leaders from any one of these counties to echo what you just echoed about masks because they've all just basically said we don't have the resources to enforce it not that they're dumb and stupid and don't work so i wish that some of these counties would maybe you know go above their health department and be like listen if, if some if these guys can show me that they'll work I'll, I'll i'll do something about it but until then i'm not doing anything about it and i'm glad that they're not enforcing it with it for whatever reason you know um but I think it's going to be uh, businesses en masse who don't enforce it, which is going to make... So, like, we, we didn't mention this, but so Hochul basically put this mask mandate in effect starting today through January 15th. Her her um, reasoning for that date was to get us through the holidays, right? So, like, we're going to 
two weeks after New Year's. This way, everybody will be wearing a mask when they're at Christmas. Everybody will wear a mask when they're uh, at New Year's. And on January 15th, we'll have gotten past this, and we'll be on the downside, and everybody will be good, and we'll go back to normal. That's the plan, Mr. Husong. You can follow the plan. No. <laughs> and listen, we're going to peak sometime between January 15th and January 31st. We're gonna, that's going to be our peak for COVID because it's seasonality. It was seasonality last year. It was seasonality in Florida this year that caused the spike in August that then went away exactly as happened last year, exactly as happened with the flu every year prior to this. It's seasonality. The idea that wearing masks and forcing people to wear masks is in any way going to benefit the, the public at large or is going to impact those numbers is insanity. It is based on delusion. There is no grounding in science or fact that these are going to help. It's been two years. You cannot point to a single geographical area in the world that started having COVID cases rise, put in mask mandates, and everybody started following it, and then COVID cases dropped. Nowhere in the world. The only thing you could see is seasonality. is where seasonality comes in and COVID goes up, and then COVID goes back down because it's seasonal. That's what you will see, guaranteed. So, what in the world are we doing? How are we still trying this nonsense? How are people still listening? I do think this is widely less popular this year, and why I've heard I've heard more people fully vaxxed, have worn masks, have thought I was crazy for the last two years, have reached out and be like, "I'm just not doing it. I'm done." And if if somebody kicks me out, I just won't give up my business. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and so I have said that too because I've heard the same thing from a couple people, and these are people who I have never had. I mean, I'm maybe they know my position. I'm obviously very vocal about my position, so maybe they just feel comfortable talking about it when they're finally yeah. had it. Um, but I have sensed the same thing, and I told them the same that that I'll, I think is true is that. So it's not gonna it's not gonna be people like me and you, Mister Husong, who are going to change any anything, nope. right? Because we've been. We've been saying this for two years, 20 months, whatever it is, and no one's listened to us yet. Nope. And so it's going to take these folks who have been compliant all along, who've done everything that the government has asked them, you know, they've done everything that the government asked them to do. They jumped through the hoops. They did all the, 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 the whatever, whatever the, the, the compliance was, they yep. did it. And now they're going to, and it wasn't good enough, right? It's like they, they, it wasn't good enough. And now we're going to do it all again because it didn't it, it work the first time or it didn't work the first time or we're here, we're, whatever's going on. There's no literally logic behind any of this. They're just implementing things for the sake of implementing things because that's all governments do is implement things. They don't know how to do anything else. So Correct. Um, they don't know when to step away. And because I, 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 that's literally one of my biggest complaints of governments. They, they do too much. And this is I don't know, every problem of requires clear examples of this. It. So. Um, so they were promised all these things and are now being taken away. Guess what, Charlie Brown? Lucy's going to take the football away again if you do it this time, too. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's not going to work. So you keep doing it, but I agree with your point. I think the only way that we stop this is people that have been going along stop. And I think, listen, here's my job. Here's my role in all of this as I see it. I'm going to normalize not complying with this. That's when I'm going to be one person that just doesn't do it and just says, no. I, I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. I cannot play these stupid games with you any longer. If you don't want my money, no problem. I'll go shop somewhere else. And uh, listen, here's the reality. Just with a mask, I don't carry a mask. I, the only place I wear a mask is if it's something involving my children that I need to attend and they require masks. That is the only place I will go and wear that I will put a mask on. That's it. Nowhere else. Because this is insanity. 
And I'll I'll suffer personally. I'm not missing stuff for my kids just because I don't want to wear a mask. But I'll miss out on anything I want to do personally. I'll go support Jeff Bezos, give him more freaking money so that I can do my shopping online instead of being hounded about wearing a mask indoors. Guys, this isn't going to stop until people stop complying. The government does not give things back. You have to take it back. I can't wait for two years from now when everybody tells us how they were always anti-mask and always against all of this and against the lockdowns from the beginning. I mean, they may have been, but they weren't vocal about it. So technically, they just were just as guilty as the people enforcing it. I right? mean, listen, I, mean, I can't do it. I don't have it in me any longer no, nor to should, play these Nor games. should you, no. And like I said, I'm, I'm encouraged because I have heard, again, and from people who I didn't initiate the conversation with, right? So these are people who have called to me like, I've had it, I've done, you know, yeah. whatever. And I don't know, again, I don't know if they know my position per se. I think some do. But, and again, maybe I'm just an easy landing ground for people to finally vent, you know, because they know oh, I'm going to, sure. because I'm going to be sympathetic to their cause. Um, but it's going to be them again in mass, right? It's going to have to be a bunch of them people. And it's going to have to be, and I, you know, it's hard for me to, to put myself in the position of a business owner, but it's going to require some business owners being like, I'm going to take some risks mm-hmm. against the state and the punishment potential punishment of the state for not enforcing this on our own. You know, I think Hochul mentioned a thousand dollar fine for uh, not enforcing this. So again, I don't know who's enforcing it, but the penalty would be a thousand dollars. So, and they could take away your, right. So uh, she didn't mention any licensing, license, but right. But I that's, mean, that's Department the biggest, health can get that is the biggest, the biggest threat is any state license. Right. So like mm-hmm. some of these healthcare providers to some degree, some of these, like, you know, like even like gyms and massages, you know, masseuses, they, all, all, some of these people have to, jump through some hoops to make sure that their license is intact and, and right. in good standing with the state. And obviously if they don't have a license, they can't operate and therefore they, they don't have income. So um, I God, don't I pretend to put myself in positions of those people. Cause right now I am not, but it's going to take some of those. And you know, I mentioned Venitos before we uh, yeah. went online here, I'm going to try to get some people out to this uh, uh, Venitos toss and fire pizza. I think it is one's in Rochester and one's in Buffalo, but I'm gonna try to get some people out there to uh, support that business because they've been vocal and it's going to require people like them to be more vocal about, Hey, we're not enforcing this. Like we don't have, like it's not in, yeah. in their position was not just, uh, Hey, we don't have the resources, the staff to do this. It's like, we're not doing this. This is a privacy issue. We're this not is asking. wrong. Right. This is wrong. And that's what we need more people to kind of stand up. And it's, it doesn't have to just be business owners. I mean, that obviously helps because they give, I don't know, like credibility to a position, I guess, by having um, credible people within the community stand up against this. It's not going to be just the people, but it, some of the people are business owners and it's going to require a unified effort to, of just not complying for it to go away. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, there's a part of me that's disappointed. We happen to be shutting Charlie's down right now. Cause I do want to take a stand. I just want to keep it open and be like, no, I'm not. Come if you're not comfortable, go through the drive-through. I can't. I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I think everybody needs to go reread. If you give a mouse a cookie, because this is the best example of what government will do. If you give government an inch, they don't stop. If you give these politicians and you validate that she can just dictate this with no legislative body, no nobody else, not even a pretext. At least Andrew Cuomo had pretext for where his authority came from. It was nonsense, but at least he bothered to go through the steps. She's not even bothering to go through the steps. She's like, uh, well, I'm the governor, so masks. And you're like, Miss Hochul, that, that's not how this works. You actually are there to implement and oversee the administration of the laws that are created by that body over there. What? Yeah. I said masks. Masks. There it is. 
Kathy Cuomo. Oh, well. I'll share this. I, I, I just shared it right before you got here. was a uh, picture. Somebody had uh, uh, photoshopped Cuomo's face onto Hochul's body and hair and whatever. So, like, she was in a press conference with Cuomo's face. I'll share it to you. But I've been that sharing that with hashtag guys. Kathy Cuomo. So. Yeah, she's uh, she's, she's a freaking gem. Other than grabbing Fanny, she's basically nothing. Everything Cuomo has been, yeah, I mean, and, and then some. Maybe. She's she might be worse. She literally said, "God wants you to go get vaccinated." <laughs> Do you realize the arrogance and the hubris it takes to speak for God? I mean, I can't fathom ever feeling confident enough to be like, "God wants you to do this." I don't even know. Like, listen, short of God wants you to be a good person, I think, I think. I don't know. Not God. How do you have the balls to actually say that sentence out loud? And how do we have a constituency and a media in this state in particular that did not laugh this woman out of the room when she asked them to go be her vaccine apostles? Because the media is broken. They're all stenographers. Imagine somebody said that even on something you were very supportive of. I want you to go be my freedom apostle. (laughs) Like, uh, yo. Wrong approach. Yeah, that's weird. Like that's that's an odd word choice because it's like you you find yourself to be a deity. You think you think they like uh, you know did some checking with that terminology? Like uh, no. try to see if no. She just I kinda, she do you think she she pulled that the from the hip? Nice. I think she knew she had some people in there that were believers, and she was she was going rolling it. with it. Like you know what? They're gonna love I'm into this. this. Yeah. All right. Nut job. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are, we talked about everything. A little bit. We touched on all these things, but I grouped uh, into our next segment here. Ivermectin, Omicron, and the vaccine, right? So let's just, I mean, this segment could be three hours long. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have to be short on this one. Um, we've been said that for the last four I segments. Know. Right, I, here we had too much on the show today. I know. Um, I told you I talked way too long about Alec Baldwin and you Jesse Smell. You did, yeah. Pieces of crap. I blame you. Um, but so, again, Ivermectin, Omicron, and the vaccine. So I don't know where you want to start first. Um, I have the, the, the Andrew Hall, uh, uh, Ivermectin, uh, interview loaded up here. I have Let's start uh, there. The Justin Hart, uh, why two, why, why two weeks are not factored in, uh, crazy. Or, yeah. Uh, which, where, where would you like to start? So let's go right in order and we'll start with Ivermectin. Okay. Uh, for those of you that don't know this, this just came out, uh, a Dr. Andrew, Dr. Andrew Hill Hill. Yeah, so I can. So this, is from, this is a, a summary. A, yeah, this is a, uh, basically an article that's uh, talking about researcher Andrew Hill. He's yep. a, no, so this dude testified like in maybe even in January, but early January, February, before the lockdowns mm-hmm. in front of the Senate about the effectiveness of ivermectin and COVID. Basically, pro ivermectin. But anyway, so I'm going to read the. Uh, the uh, the headline because I think it touches a lot of uh, things here. Researcher Andrew Hill's conflict: a forty million dollar Gates Foundation grant versus half a million human lives. So, this this article cites a Zoom call that was recorded by Tess Lossy, Lowry, another researcher, Doctor Tess Lowry, right? Another researcher, like world renowned researcher. Yep. Um, she did a meta analysis of ivermectin and basically showed it to be effective. Um, so this is a conversation that she had with Dr. Hill that she recorded and basically released basically the transcript to this reporter and, um, basically gets him on the record of saying at the, at the time it was 15,000 deaths a day, I think is what, yep. you know, what, what the, uh, so they did the math of, Hey, so, so again, we got to back yeah, up yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 
Go so ahead. he, Dr. Hill, did a research, uh, did a study on ivermectin. I believe it was a meta-analysis, but it, I don't think it was a randomized control trial. But he did a study. He had all the data. He looked through everything. It was very, very exhaustive. It was a very big study. And he came out to the conclusion of early treatment with ivermectin it leads to a about an eighty percent reduction in mortality. Where they treat with, where they treating COVID early with ivermectin, or even mid and and some even late, there's some benefit, but it's not as good. But if you treat it early, roughly an eighty percent reduction in mortality overall. And let me interject one thing. So this, he's doing the research for who for the for the, for the, for the yes. World Health Organization. Go ahead. Yes. So on that, ivermectin, right? On ivermectin. So he has all the study. He has his conclusions. Doctor, what's her name? Hall, Hari Holly. Tess Lowry. Lowry. God, I couldn't. That wasn't even close. Sorry. Dr. Lowry doing similar research, and obviously they'd been in, they, she saw his research, he saw hers, and it, it correlated. They found the same thing. She found about an 80% reduction in mortality as well. Okay, good. So then uh, this, this quasi-government, public, private entity in England, I think it is, that is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, comes in with a grant for Dr. Hill's... Um, Research center, university, whatever it is. $40 million. It's like unit, unit aid or something. Unit aid, I think. Yeah. Unit aid, I think is right. Yeah. So unit aid comes in, funded by the Gates Foundation, with $40 million, And they get to go on as a silent author of the study now. So they get a hand in making the conclusions. So Dr. Hill's study changed their conclusion. They went from... Ivermectin, we should be using it right now because there's very little risk and, it's, and it, there's at least... I shouldn't say this this way. And it appears to be an 80% reduction in mortality when you treat with ivermectin. Now, it's not 100, but it's still pretty good. It's a lot better than the vaccines. But anyways, um, he comes out and changes the conclusion to it's inconclusive and we need more studies to be done on it. It should not be recommended at this time. Yeah, and let me, let me, let me uh, go right to that exact point. I'll let you continue. Yep. So I'm just going to read this. On January 6th, 2021, so it was January 6th, 2021 he'll testify which will live in infamy (laughs) he'll maybe this is why the uh this is the distraction he'll testified enthusiastically before the nih uh 19 treatment guidelines panel so this is a panel um for the uh nih in support of ivermectin's use it's like within a month hill found himself in what he describes as a tricky situation under pressure from his funding sponsors hill then published an unfavorable study it's like, ironically, he used the same sources in the original study, only the conclusions had changed. The data didn't change, the input didn't change, the analysis didn't change, the conclusion did. Just because he got $40 million. And he <clears> keeps <throat> saying, and you should read this article, we'll share it. Yeah. This article basically is him laying now. out of like, I'm in a tricky situation because they've got this money coming in. And he said, I'm just, and she's calling him out. Like, she is like, you're, I don't understand what you, how, how are you living with yourself? And he said, I think we could just get it to be a delay. I think we could, it, it'll just be like six weeks, and then they'll approve it. And this is where she went in and did the rough math and said, how many people are dying a day right now? 15,000. 15,000 times six weeks, and we could reduce that by 80%. You're allowing a half a million people to die who don't need to die. Like, just called him out, flat out. And he's kind of like, I, I, just, I wish you could appreciate how tricky my situation is. So this guy changed the results, published it at the WHO. Nobody batted an eye in any of these academic circles, but please, let's keep trusting the experts. And they came out, and he said, well, maybe it'll just delay it by six weeks. Hey, is ivermectin approved yet in England or America for treatment of COVID? No. Oh, no, it's just a year later. 
I don't yeah. know how many people have died. Yeah, so the, 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 the point is, this guy's influence was immeasurable, right? So, like, he had, if, if he had come out and said, hey, ivermectin works, like, we would have ivermectin. Every, every country in the world would have started issuing ivermectin. No question about it. So, millions of potential deaths are on this guy's head. But at least he got his institution $40 million, yeah. right? And like I said, from the bill, he's a, he's a, you know, he's on the Gates Foundation. I know. I mean, you know what? What real, world is this? You, you realize all the people we're talking about and all these ivermectin stories are the same people we're going to talk about in the next story? Yeah, no, we got to hurry up, man. I got to go ring bells. So anyway. So go read that story. Beca- what news source was it in? Uh, this was, uh, I just shared it. It's in the uh, World Tribune. Um, there you go. D- posted on uh, December 9th, 2021. Okay. It's worth reading. Yeah. Just shared that in the chat so you guys can check that out. Omicron. Um, Omicron. I mean, which has basically been the genesis for or at least the perceived genesis even though in new york there is no really i mean there's a handful of cases of omicron it's primarily delta omicron was actually cited by our governor as a reason why to implement new mandates yes even though omicron by all available data uh is far less severe no known deaths if i'm not mistaken in all of europe or america from omicron uh very mild symptoms very few hospitalizations and I don't know how to read this data, but it's way more vaccinated than unvaccinated people that are catching Omicron. There's way more breakthrough cases. So naturally, Pfizer and Moderna have come out and said, hey, it's busting through. So the answer is you need another shot. What? It doesn't stop this. So you need more of the medicine. The medicine doesn't work. So you need more. And everybody goes, better go get a booster. Like, what? I, I, walk me through the thought process here, because I, honest to God, when did we start listening to these Pfizer and Moderna and other big pharma CEOs as if they are anything other than corrupt, greedy sociopaths hell bent on making money? I mean, <clears throat> I want to touch on this article that I shared right before we went on. The, uh, the headline reads, super responsible vaccinated people at wedding lead to Omicron outbreak at Oakland Hospital. So now we have super responsible vaccinated people. Super responsible. Super. They wore the mask for most of the time, too. Yes. Now, as Except a, when they ate. As a, uh, someone who observes public behavior, it, it happens 100% of the time. Literally every single time. I don't care if it's half, a quarter, five people of a group. If they come in with a mask within... 15 minutes, they do not have a mask on. Good. Almost 99% of them. Now, I, I, again, I don't, I'm not asking people why they have it or don't have it and why what was the genesis of taking it off. I'm guessing most people just see everybody else not doing it. So they're just like, oh, I cannot do this, um, which makes me think they didn't do it for safety reasons anyway. They just did it to be in compliance. Um, every once in a while, there are a single or a couple here and there, like random individuals who will be masked up from, from beginning to end. They, you know, do they think, do their thing. I'm guessing they are either, uh, want to be very compliant or they actually have some fear of something. Right. So, um, but it's a tiny minority, tiny minority who, uh, have the conviction, if you will, to keep that mask on through a party of a hundred people when they're the only one on some level, they know it's nonsense. They know it's not making a difference. They have to. 
And so, oh, that was the other thing I forgot on the mask. After 20 minutes, even if a mask did work, after 20 minutes and you breathe on it, it gets damp and it is completely useless. If you touch it with dirty hands, it is corrupted and it is no longer good. So even if the mask did work, you got to change it every 20 to 30 minutes to, for it to be at all effective. How, how many people are doing that? Oh, and you can never set it on your passenger seat, in your purse, in your pocket. You can't touch it without clean hands. Anyway, I'm sorry. I had to throw that out yeah, there. No, that's fine. Uh, I'll just further around reading this article that I shared with you. So... Um, now, this is written, so this is out of San Francisco, so they're, they're talking about an Oakland Medical Center staff, um, but this wedding ceremony apparently started at a Wisconsin celebration, so I don't know if there's must have been travel involved yeah. to some degree, um, but so it, it reports as the celebration wore out, <clears throat> cocktails came out, people took the dance floor, many leaving their masks behind, said, uh, and they're, they're quoting Deborah Furholden here, who's happens to be an epidemiologist and associate dean of public health at Michigan State University. Oh, it's Oakland, Michigan. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, that makes what, sense. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Um, even though it's in San Francisco Chronicle, and Oakland is in San Francisco. Now I'm really confused, but it's another mystery. Um, but anyway, so let me read on. So this epidemiologist and dean of public health at Michigan State, um, who was in attendance of this wedding celebration, uh, believes she contracted the coronavirus out there. Her quote was, we need to shift the narrative and stop calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated, Fur Holden said. It doesn't honor the fact that we're seeing more and more breakthrough cases in the vaccinated. So, which you've just laid out a bunch of times, the vaccine, vaccine does not stop transmission of any variant, I don't think. I mean, it does definitely not the last two. Mm. I don't think it stops anything, especially after a couple months. Yep. So, this is a... I, I'm trying to find... <clears throat> lights at the end of the tunnel here sometimes. And I'd like to, I, the, the fact that this quote is even in the article, I'm encouraged by, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause this was, this would never be printed nope. in another setting, maybe even a few weeks ago. So I found that now you singled out later that she's got other, you know, contradictions in herself with, she talks about her like three-year-old or something. She, she gave it to her daughter. Her daughter has like a three month old baby and they isolated from the baby for a week, a devastating, but necessary precaution. <laughs> You're a crazy person. So I, I just want to point out that because these, these super responsible people were all Our masked masks. and vaccined and they still had an outbreak. Of course they did, because <clears throat> guess what? It doesn't work, guys. I'm sorry. There is some temporary benefit and it does not last. I wish it did. I wish that you had gotten vaccinated like you were told to and everything went exactly as they said. Here's the thing. We talked about it on the show as soon as the data came out and we read it and said there's no way they can make this claim. This claim is nonsense. They are completely overselling this. And everybody was like, you know what you're talking about. Like, and it has no impact on spread. There's no conclusion that you can draw that says it did. Like, yeah, see, you're just you're too far gone. You're crazy. Do, do you, <clears throat> I didn't read it because I didn't have time. I did. <clears throat> but did you touch? Is there anything in the uh, that BMJ uh, rapid response that you sent me? Like, I think they wrote to the editor about um, the uh, the evidence is insufficient to back mandatory NHS staff vaccinations. Says House of Lords committee. They're saying that basically the risk reward profile for everybody does not make sense for for forced vaccinations. You cannot justify it. There is not enough benefit to be derived from the vaccine when compared with the risk of side effects for any moderately healthy person. That's okay. their and okay. especially with kids. With kids, it, like basically they are towing the line of you shouldn't even give this to most kids. They, they like the. Yeah. Which most countries are not doing. I mean, we only have, I saw it today, 15% of children 5 to 11 are vaccinated. So, 
I mean, they thought they were going to get 50, and they got 15. And good, because, I, again, the, the, the risk-reward profile makes zero sense for children. None. I, like, you couldn't come out unless your child is severely immunocompromised. That's the only way. Outside of that, mm-mm. Okay, so, and let's wrap up uh, this vaccine talk about um, the article you, that you sent me uh, from Justin Hart from Rational Ground. Um, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. What, and it's the, been the, happening. We've yeah, talked the, about the, it. The title of the uh, article is Why Hide What Happens in the First Two Weeks After Vaccination? Um, and so I'll read the first sentences and I'll let you kind of uh, elaborate from there. So okay. um, it's like there have been num- numerous papers published showing how well the vaccines protect people after the second dose. Some of this effect is an illusion. The effect happens as a result of inaccurate measuring and a phenomenon called survivorship bias. So, and I'll just give a brief description of what survivorship bias is. I love uh, the analogy. So, the swimming instructor. Uh, survivor bias happens when a group is compared at two time at two time points, but the members of the group change between the time points. So, basically, you're saying that your the what you're measuring has changed, and you're basically not a fa- you're not factoring in the fact that the it's changed. the group has changed. Um, he's like it would like be assessing the quality of swimming school, which favors the technique of throwing people into the middle of the ocean, leaving them for a couple hours, and claiming credit for how well the remaining students can swim. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, right. because basically after two hours, some would die, right? Right. But then if you go look out there and you're like, oh, look at, you know, if you started with 12 students. Now you got three. And now you got three. You're like, 100% survival rate if you start measuring two hours after everybody's if drowned. If you just ignore that first two hours and then come back and say 100% of the participants are now able to swim. Yeah. Because it's a different number. So the way that this works is this is known. I, or at least very strongly indicated by. Yeah, I mean, you guys all know that you know everybody measures fully vaccinated two weeks after your second shot. Right? It's either one week or two weeks, right. but yes, everybody does. There is a, a period of time that. after Correct. that they kind of leave open. So if you get your first shot, second shot, and then a week later, let's go with you get COVID, you count as unvaccinated. Now that's I, I get the argument to an extent of. You're not, your body takes time to respond and build up the antibodies. So you're not actually fully protected until seven or 14 days. I've seen both. I am not sure which one it is. I think it depends a little bit on country and on which company you're dealing with. But even the vaccine trials from Pfizer and Moderna did the same thing. Like if you got your shot and then got COVID and then got your second shot, you counted as the vaccine worked. Like that's wild. And that still happens today. Now, what's more problematic about this is all of the uh, most of the available data, if you're reading it, there's a very strong indication that after your first shot, there's a bump. And then after your second shot, there's a significant increase in your likelihood of contracting COVID-19. It's compared to a person who did not get vaccinated in that that window of time, those seven days from the, the from the first shot. A month later, you get your second shot, and then another week. That five-week period of time, you are at an increased risk of contracting COVID-19. Not the same risk, not not as if you weren't vaccinated at all. It is worse. You are more likely to get it than an average person. So if you are a company trying to sell this vaccine to the masses, how do you account for that? The answer is you ignore it. You just say that doesn't count. But that's crazy. The other analogy I really like is if I'm in the middle of a firefight and I've got a position that's moderately well fortified and you tell me I've got an even more fortified position over here, like, okay, well, I guess I would like to be there, but I have to think about it. All right, but I've got to run across 20 yards of open field and fire to get to that more fortified position, but I'm 
pretty well fortified here. So I, I, I'm going to take that into account to say, I don't, I don't think I want to do that without some other measure to protect myself. I'll, I'll stay here until the time comes. Um, this is nuts. And this is what I mean when you talk about how they've been able, if you compare the numbers over especially the last like four to six weeks of how many vaccinated versus unvaccinated hospitalizations and deaths in America with how many in England where they define it differently, uh, it's remarkable. Like, they, they have not been able to claim pandemic of the unvaccinated for months in England because it's not there. So if you get your two shots and then you get COVID right away and then die, you count as an unvaccinated death. And that's just ignoring data. It's it's ignoring information because it's damning to your case. Like, And I get it. Again, Pfizer, Moderna, they are evil corporations run by sociopaths out to make money. The CDC and the FDA are compliant. All they're doing is rubber stamping everything these these sociopaths say with no discernment, no credulity, no objectivity, no discrimination whatsoever. It's just, yeah, it's good. 94% effective. What? No, it's not. I'm sorry, but listen, use your common sense here, folks. If you and I are in a trial, you get the vaccine, I get a placebo. And then seven days after the shot, you get COVID and I get COVID. I count as having COVID in the placebo group. You don't count as having COVID in the vaccine group. You Not only does it not count, it counts as the vaccine worked because you're not going to get COVID again after that. So you're going to get your second shot and then you're not going to get COVID. Like, hey, vaccine works. Again, not a doctor, not a scientist, not an epidemiologist, not a virologist, not a biologist. Just somebody that's trying to apply common sense and say, look, if you're going to lie to me with data just because you're smart, I'm allowed to call you out on it because that's not okay. That's not answering the right question. The right question is, how do we protect people? And if we don't tell them, hey, after your first shot until about 10 days after your second shot, you're at a super increased risk of getting COVID. But after that, you're going to have really good immunity for about three months. And then we'll have to boost you or you'll probably be at an increased risk again. And then you'll get maybe four months. We're not sure. And this is why, you know, going back to what we talked about with the NBA, right? Like this, all these infections happen right after the boosters. I, I mean, it's, it all lines up. All of the data is there. It's, so crazy. it's insane how easily these people ignore it. And they're trying to push everybody to get vaccinated. And to what end? Just to make Pfizer more money? And only because we're so efficient on time today, I want to add one more thing to this. Uh, I'm going to have to leave early, man. Discussion. discussion I'm going to leave you to talk about you. Maxwell on your own. Um, the, uh, the, the, the study that I shared, uh, the efficient mucosal antibody response to SARS-CoV-2 vaccinations is induced in previously infected individuals. Yeah. So I'm just going to read this. This is from, this is the abstract. Our results suggest that the same, and I'm, you know, you can disregard some of the scientific jargon in here, but I, I and I made butcher it when it. I speak of it, but our results suggest that this level of mucosal SIG-A responses induced by mRNA vaccination depends on pre-existing immunity. Indeed, vaccination induced only a weak mucosal SIG-A response in individuals without pre-existing mucosal antibody responses to SARS-CoV-2, while SIG-A induction uh, after vaccination was efficient in COVID-19 survivors. So basically, the mucosal response only happened in those who have recovered who already have actual immunity, not vaccinated immunity, because it, it doesn't exist. Oh, God. What are we doing? We, we've lost our minds. 
All right. Anything else on the Justin Hart thing before we move no. on to no? We got to move Jizz on. Lane. All right. Because so, I have to leave in four minutes. Okay. We're this. This is we're, honestly thank. I would say thankfully, but nothing happened in right. the Delane Maxwell trial. Uh, a lawyer got sick and they had to sit it, shut it down for a day. Yeah. And honestly, the, what we had hoped is not going to transpire. Right. There's not going to be names and addresses and new names and powerful being exposed. Almost all of the information is being redacted. So as it's being brought to evidence into into uh whatever into into trial yeah it's the information is only being allowed to be observed by the jurors and not anybody in the public so um i i told you guys last show i've been following inner city press they have requested this information be unredacted and be made public and it's not happening the judge has not even responded so um there the the, the prosecution has rested yep. so their case is over uh, there's been a lot of questions of whether or not they actually did enough to prove the case. I mean, so much so that the defense actually asked for a dismissal immediately right. after. Well, you're always going to do that sure. anyway. But, you know, they tried to make the case that there was no case. Um, so I'm assuming the defense is going to start as early as today. I've been checking. I haven't seen any updates. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Um, but I've been also doing a show here. So, um, And a long one. Yeah, a very long one. And so... You know, we'll keep track of what happens next week as the defense makes their case. Uh, there has been some names, but that's all names that we that we know. Um, up to I think four victims uh, testifies, but none of the you know not the main one. You know, the Virginia Jif- Roberts Jeffrey is not testified, so yep. she seems to be the one who's got her own case going on. So maybe we'll get more information out of there. But I and listen. I I think she's you know. I think she does some time for some reason. That's just my, maybe I'm just uh, being my optimist. But because the the, the testimony was devastating. It wasn't like it was, you know, it was terrible. So if the jury buys even a sliver of that, she should serve time. That being said, it's not going to bring down the pedophile ring if there is one globally right now. I can't imagine it just went away. Right. Well, I'm just saying, maybe they're not, maybe they're in low gear at this point, but it's not, if whatever happens with this is not going to end that at all. No. So um, there it's still needs to be. And did you see? I don't. I, I have to bring this up. I'm sorry. I know you're. That's okay. You're. You're. Uh, Got to go here. But did you see the Atlantic? So they posted this article yep. on. Let me look at the date on here. December 9th, right in the middle of this trial. Let me read the headline: "The Great Fake Child Sex Trafficking Epidemic." They basically released an article debunking the idea that there's a problem with sex trafficking in this country. Did you know, Mr. Hughesong, that the Financial supporter of the Atlantic, maybe the major, most uh, prestigious, and given the most resources to the Atlantic, is one former Mrs. Stephen Jobs. I did know that. And that she, there's basically, she was Jelaine Maxwell's girl, like they hung out and did a bunch of stuff together. Yep. I sure did know like, that. What the, this, whole, this whole thing is broken, dude. I mean, like, we, I, I joke and to some degree, but it's not a joke anymore. All the same people that we're dealing with, with the Glenn Maxwell people are the same people that are fucking with our media are the same people who are doing all this COVID stuff. It's exactly the same people. The, yeah. the overlap is almost not. I mean, it's full circles of a Venn diagram. The Venn diagram is like just become it's one just a, circle. Yeah, it's one big, huge circle. And, and Kathy Hope is I don't, towing the <clears throat> Listen, I mean, you know, maybe someday we'll do a deep dive into her. She's not a, she's not a spring chicken as far as politics goes. She knows Ooh. what she's doing. So um, she's connected to. Uh, so. She's nuts. But yeah. listen, to your point, yeah, yeah. It's, it's insanity. It is, I mean, literally, we we know for a fact Jeffrey Epstein and Jazane Maxwell ran a very large, very well-funded, very well-protected pedophile sex ring wherein they videotaped people having sex with minors to blackmail them. 
and engaged in sexual conduct with minors on their own accord at the same exact time with former presidents, with business leaders, foreign dignitaries, royal family members, technology leaders, industry leaders across the board. Un- unlimited Hollywood, leverage. Yeah, unlimited unbelievable leverage. how many people. And Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in a cell. For those of you just listening, there was air quotes. He didn't really kill himself. Um, and it just goes away. Like we, I'm expected to buy that it was, this was just because of Jeffrey Epstein. And we have no, nobody out there wants to know who's involved. Nobody out there is like a handful of people, handful of people. But for the most part, the public at large, you're not the least bit curious as to how they did this, where all this money came from, how they got away with it, how they were tipped off to every warrant that was about to be executed and why Jeffrey Epstein who pled guilty to soliciting a minor for sex, like a hundred different girls got weekends in jail for a year. Nobody's curious. And I think, yeah, I I mean, again, you know, this is, this is a, you know, the biggest failure of all without our media, not being able to hold the establishment and the power to, to account here. So agreed. um, And and let me just throw this in there before we wrap up and I'll let you go. So did you see that one of Chris Cromwell's CNN producers? Yes. grooming my he would date women with a with a daughter and then use the mother to groom the daughter these is, people are twisted yeah i mean all right let's get out of here i don't want to talk anymore it's depressing about yeah all right <clears throat> well thank you for holding in if you are still with us you are uh a trooper a very uh a, a, a well uh very committed uh trooper for sure so uh on that note we nobody shared and liked our video because I forgot to tell you. So now I'll tell you to do that since you've been here. For Gotta help those out. And uh, we will see you all next Monday for uh, another episode, uh, seven, episode seventy nine, I guess, of uh, Sports Week and Politics. So until then, thank you all for tuning in.